ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. We want to have winning performance standards and a lot of that's around uh, individual responsibilities and, you know, we have, to, we have to hold those standards. That is Bulldogs coach Cameron Serraldo in the face of questions about how hard he's driving his playing group. In case you missed it, this week, revelations dropped about a player walking out on the club after he was heavily punished for being late to training. And it raised a conundrum as professional sports organisations seek to hold elite athletes to elite levels. Where and when does it go too far? I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily. Michael Karianis is a senior footy writer for the Daily Telegraph and part of Grandstand Rugby League's live broadcast team. He has been across this story from the outset. MC is coming to us from somewhere between Newcastle and Sydney because he's heading to the Knights because he's a news hound. He doesn't stop. MC, let's make this really simple. Why did a Bulldogs player walk out on the club, as you've reported? Yeah, hello, Zachy. What's uh... It's a long, convoluted story. It depends on, on which side of, of the fence that you sit on. Sit on, but there's no doubt there was an incident oh, about five or, or six weeks ago where a, a bulldog player was late to training, um, and as part of his, his punishment for, for being late, he had to wrestle um, basically the entire squad that was fit. So anywhere between 20 to 30 players um, for up to 30 seconds each. So that would range for about four to five minutes. Um, that that punishment left him bruised and, and battered, and um, you know a, a week later, um, someone fronted the club on on his behalf, and um, he hasn't returned since. If you haven't been involved in competitive sports environments, this might seem really full on. So, can you give us an idea of how normal or how unusual this practice might be in the National Rugby League? Yeah, when you speak to players, current players, ex players. They're, they're not shocked by this at all. Um, obviously, a, a rugby league side or any sporting side is not a normal workplace, right? It's different to the way we all operate for my job and your job and you know, most of the listeners' job. But um, there are um, punishments at, at clubs for uh, lateness and other um, sort of misdemeanors, I, I, I guess. And they can range from small things like you know, a monetary fine or... Um, you know, dyeing your hair, shaving your head, eating a chili. Oh, we've gone through a range of different ways of, of talking about um, holding standards. Some of that's been monetary related, some of it's been spinning a wheel, and then some of it's been trying to find ways to, to change behaviours. You know, all these sort of things are to try and, and keep players accountable. Um, when it comes to this uh, wrestling uh, one, well, I, I can say the player in question has not been the only Canterbury player subjected to, to that this year. I think you'll find there was at least one or two other players that uh, have gone through it. And um, it has been, um, I wouldn't say it's a common practice at other clubs, but over the course of time, um, you know, some clubs have implemented similar measures. Coach Cameron Seraldo's had to front the media over it. You were part of that. You spoke to him. How did he justify the way that he's handled the situation specifically, but more broadly, his implementation of what he would call raising standards? Yeah, he didn't go into specifics at all regarding... The incident, it's important to note that the uh, player in question has been dealing with some uh, mental health issues as well. So Cameron wouldn't elaborate or go into specifics around 
incident. Oh, it's a pretty sensitive issue, and yeah, I don't want to be, I won't be commenting on that one. But uh, one thing he was, he was defiant, he was steadfast in his belief that there needs to be a culture shift. Well, we've been losing, so clearly the culture's not exactly right. Uh, he drew a line in the sand to his players and essentially challenged them and said, if you don't want to come for the ride, that's fine, go away. Essentially, that's what he said. He said, we're in this, I'm going to work you hard. If you don't want to work hard, if you don't want to buy into what I'm doing, then you're more than welcome to leave. And I, I don't think you'd be upset if a, a couple of players walk out that door. I think there might be a couple of guys that don't agree with the direction we're going. Um, but we've got some people, I'm surrounded by people that know what winning looks like. They come from good systems. I'm surrounded by people that are, have been at the Bulldogs and won premierships at the Bulldogs and they know what this club's built on. And I'll listen to those people. It's really interesting because he's come from Penrith where... He was an assistant coach, you know, obviously the best on-field performance side in the National Rugby League. Joins the Dogs. They've clearly been dysfunctional for some time. Is driving standards kind of what he's there to do? He's there to win, but I think he's identified the fact that to get to that um, that position of, of being able to be a consistent footy side that competes in the top eight, competes in the top four, well, things need to change. We need to continue with the process that we're, we're on, and that's um, that's holding winning standards. Uh, there's no doubt there's been elements of a bit of a winching culture at, at the board over the last couple of years. All you have to do is look at their results. They've been horrid. You know, they've been bad this year um, and, and for the last couple of years. Meaning that in two games against the Bulldogs, they've scored 108 points to six. Uh, you know, he was open yesterday. His first task is to change that culture develop a harder winning edge to, to this There's a fine line between tough standards and bullying and as you kind of touch on, we're sort of in this odd matrix where we're using our workplace to try and judge a National Rugby League workplace which isn't a normal sort of environment. Is there a view among the players that you've had the chance to speak to that in this instance a line between tough standards and bullying has been crossed? Well that's, that's the blurriness of it. it depends on I guess your interpretation. There's no doubt some players felt uncomfortable by it, you know. And, and if that's the case, then did it cross the line? Um, and that's for me the, the 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 situation in Canada is probably twofold. I think I agree with what Sam Serrato is trying to implement and, and trying to change that culture and um, develop that hard edge to a, a club that desperately needs it. One thing that won't change is um, my attitude towards hard work and, and understanding that that's what's going to be get, get us to where we need to go. But on the flip side, did this go too far? And in some players' eyes, no doubt it did. Are these the kind of disputes that can snowball and kind of escalate and potentially divide and split a club? In in some cases, yes. But I think in this instance, I think it's a, it's a smallish group who I feel like the club would be more than happy to leave. Um, it's not, you know, I wouldn't declare a majority of the playing squad. You know, I think there's probably two, three, four max players that are um, causing the angst and, and, and the rumblings, you know. And um, But it, it does have the opportunity to, to split the group, to fracture the group, to create a level of distrust because there's no doubt things are coming out of Canterbury that don't come out of other clubs at the moment and, and that, that's a sign of discontent amongst the players and you know when that happens there's a, there's a lack of trust and we've seen a lack of trust on the field in terms of um, the way they've performed and, and that's because it, it happened from off the field as well. It's fascinating timing given we've got just one round left yeah. in the home and away season. How do you think that this situation resolves or, or doesn't? Well the RLPA 
are, are looking into it. The NRL uh, are looking into it. So whether or not, um, and, and that, the question they will ask is the one that you asked me, Stack, is did it cross the line? Um, and that's going to be an important question over the next couple of weeks to try and get an answer to. I, I think in terms of uh, the Bulldogs, I think um, provided you know nothing else comes out or nothing on reward is found in um, the NRL's investigation into this, then I think they'll be fine. I honestly think it's a line in the sand moment for the club and the players and the direct challenge was thrown down. A public challenge was thrown down by the coach yesterday. Yeah, we're trying to create winning standards here. Michael Karianis has been a fascinating story. Thanks for helping us unpack it. We appreciate it. Pleasure, mate. Anytime. Headlines. Remember when the idea of Toby Green being captain of Greater Western Sydney absolutely triggered people because he was seen as some sort of bad boy? Well, the giant star has been named the skipper of the 2023 All-Australian side. What a twist. Mate, my, my pre-game speeches are horrific at the moment. <laughs> uh, my one on the weekend was the worst yet, so I uh, wouldn't be saying too much. There were 12 first-time selections in that side, including both Nick and Josh Dacos from Collingwood, veteran Crow Tex Walker, and Sydney Swan Errol Goulden. There's just too many other names to mention here, so for a full rundown of the squad, go to abc.net.au slash sport for a full breakdown. Speaking of new captains, leadership clearly suits Mitch Marsh as the Bison led Australia to an enormous T20 victory over South Africa in the opening clash of that series. The all-rounder made 92 not out from 49 balls as the Aussies scored six for 226 from their allotted overs. Tim David played the support role beautifully with 64 from 39 balls. Leg spinner Tanvir Sanger, he had four for 31 on debut to reaffirm himself as a player of the future as the Proteus were rolled for 115 inside 16 overs. Bowling. Pitched it up right on target. And that is the job done. Tennis and a mixed day for Australia at the US Open. Rinky Hichikata scored a straight sets victory to move into the third round of the men's draw. And there it is, Hitchy Carter into the third round of the US Open. That was the good news because he has a golden opportunity to make the final 16 after Zizhen Zhang beat Kasparud in five sets in what was a big upset. The bad news came via the women's draw where Isla Tomlanovic couldn't even make it onto the court for her second round clash as her knee continues to give her issues post-surgery. Elsewhere, Darius Saville was beaten in straight sets by world number one Iga Svante. The world number one and defending champion moves on. Yes, she does. Like many 20-somethings, Nina Kennedy is slaying on her European summer. Unlike many 20-somethings, she's doing it in elite-level pole vault. Fresh off world champs gold, Kennedy has set a new national record in a, checks notes, Swiss train station? Yep, the Zurich railway station hosted the pole vault element for the city's Diamond League meet. It was really, really cool scenes. You know those Euro train stations that are kind of indoor, outdoor? Yeah, it was in one of those, and it was very cool. And Kennedy got to 4.91 metres to win the event and set a new national mark. Enjoy this Swiss-German commentary. Jetzt Nina Kennedy, 4.91. Oh, oh, she's here 
Leipzig. Was ist denn da los? Und jetzt haben wir einen doppelten Rekord. Das ist gut. We interviewed Kennedy last week about her world champ win in Budapest. It was awesome. She called her mum Gwenda a bad bitch. We loved it. Scroll back and check it out. I reckon you're going to enjoy it. I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily, produced by Joel Kassam. Thanks to Fox Sports and Channel 9 for the extra audio used in this episode. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.